Okay, everybody, welcome to part two of the WWE Podcast Mailbag. I apologize again for splitting this into two parts, but here we go. And as promised, at the end of last night's show, we're starting with DJ Kuzmo, who took a week off last week. It's good to have him back, and he writes in, and here's what he says. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Matt and WWE AEW Podcast fam. This is DJ Kuzmo back out again on your Mailbag show. It is great to be back on this critically acclaimed, award-winning, one-in-a-billion wrestling podcast episode we all love to participate in every single week called The Mailbag on the official, unofficial, official, unofficial, official, <laughs> unofficial WWE podcast. I had to take one-week hiatus from this underwhelming Royal Rumble and focus my energy on revamping my website, which is live right now. And here you go, guys. DJKuzmo.com. That's DJKuzmo, K-U-Z-M-O.com. It promotes his new brand mix and working on other freelance projects. Uh, so there you go. There's your plug, everybody. Go check out DJKuzmo.com. It's a real thing. Enough said there. It's great to be back. Quick, quick shout outs to Sharon from Israel. I heard you last week at the mailbag, and I totally agree with you on how you felt about this past Royal Rumble. If I'm not mistaken, Sharon, you did mention that you're a teacher. If so, keep up the great work, my friend. You were spot on with your Rumble uh, rant last week. Another quick shout out to the closer of the mailbag, Justin from Maryland. I haven't heard from you in a week or two, if I'm not mistaken. You always do a great job closing out the mailbag. And yes, uh, DJ, just so you know, I, I'm almost positive I saw a voicemail or two from Justin. So you'll get your wish today. I hope all is well with you and looking forward to hearing from you soon. Another quick shout out to Dennis G, uh, Dennis M. How about that? Uh, I recently saw you like the tweet about Matt not mentioning your last name. I thought maybe since there is more than one Dennis on the mailbag that you could, that I could create the Mr. M. I can't say the last name, DJ. <laughs> he doesn't want me to say it, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, tag name and gimmick for you. I don't know, Dennis, if you're familiar with the Mr. Kennedy gimmick from the Ruthless Aggression Era. Mr. Kennedy would usually come to the ring. Then he would raise his right hand. The lights would go down and a spotlight would appear on Mr. Kennedy and a microphone on a string would come down to him and he would announce his intro by saying, here tonight, weighing in at 246 pounds, hailing from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Mr. Kennedy. I remember that. Absolutely. Then he climbs to the top rope and says, Kennedy. Anyway, sorry about that, Matt. I just had another ruthless aggression flashback. And here's a fun fact, by the way, DJ and everybody listening, you may already know. Mr. Kennedy was the final opponent for Eddie Guerrero. That that uh, was a it, maybe it's an infamous match to many of you uh, in a classic Eddie Guerrero style lying, cheating and stealing to win the match. So. All right. So, yeah, Dennis, let me know if you're OK with me creating a Mr. Kennedy style promo for you. All the best. Looking forward to hearing from you soon. I just realized these quick shout outs are not so quick. Sorry about that, Matt. But I got one more shout out. <laughs> How many more? How many more we got? Hey, DJ. All right. Um, but it is a good shout out. So I'm going to I'm gonna let this one slide. This shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan and the TakeOver crew always doing a great job. But come on, Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan. Could your Royal Rumble predictions be not, not be so accurate? Are you secretly a part of WWE, the WWE creative writing staff? Are you wearing an earpiece with Kevin Dunn, Bruce Pritchard, or worst of all, mumbling Vince McMahon whispering to you in the Royal Rumble outcome? Anyway, I can't wait for next week's TakeOver show. It's going to be another great mailbag indeed. Yes, I would agree. Uh, all right, enough of the shout outs and everything else. This better be it, DJ. If there's any more shout outs, I'm going to have to strike them down. All right, so here are, your, here are your topics. Shane, 
Yet again, yet again, we get another WWE release, but of a different kind. In my opinion, this is one of the most shocking releases probably since William Regal, The Fiend, and Braun Strowman. Never would I thought have thought that WWE would release Vince's only son, Shane. But that being said, there were rumors backstage of issues and disagreements with Shane and Brock, and Shane and his dad in terms of the creative direction for the Rumble. Since there was no Tyson Kidd or Triple H backstage to stir up the proverbial, stir the proverbial ship, and just a quick side note, how is this that stories like this get leaked so often on social media? I understand social media is to blame in terms of backstage wrestling information being leaked and the death of kayfabe. But who is actually leaking this type of information and what's in it for them? Yeah, I don't know, DJ. You, you do wonder, where is the actual leak? Who is it? Somebody. Is there somebody who's the mole? You, you, do, you do wonder how this stuff gets out. But, okay. Uh, so I remember a time in pro wrestling when social media didn't exist and stories of WWE releases did not leak. What happened to what is said backstage stays backstage. Social media is partially to blame. But then again, you have anonymous tipsters and leakers sharing alleged and explicit information. I'm in no way defending WWE. I'm just saying from a business standpoint, having negative alleged information leak out so often makes any business look bad from the outside looking in. But to close off my argument and rant, WWE doesn't care. And plus, they had another great quarter of high earnings per share. Yeah, that's ultimately what matters, right? It's the uh, the bottom line. And I don't mean that in a stone cold way. I mean that in a dollars and cents way. Um, but yeah, I mean, whoever these people are, you know, we may never know. And I don't know if social media is to blame. Social media in and of itself isn't isn't the one responsible for leaking stuff. They're just the platform for the leakers to go to. So the people who are leaking it are the ones that are the problem. Okay. Anyway, back to Shane. His involve he's his involvement in the Rumble was puzzling to me, and I guess this was part of the reason for his release. Now that Shane is released, where does he go? Does he decide to continue in the wrestling business and probably start his own wrestling promotion, or does he probably go back to his ordinary living, uh, the comforts of family life, and that's left to be seen? Shout out to Anthony DeMarco on doing a special rivalries episode on Shane from his early beginnings as an on-screen character in the McMahon feud with Austin, joining the corporation, having an infamous feud with his dad at WrestleMania 17, having the infamous feud with Kane that concluded in one of the, the greatest or the greatest Survivor Series of all time, Survivor Series 2003. I believe that was when Kane actually had, uh, interfered in a buried alive match between Undertaker and Vince McMahon, if I'm not mistaken. And that's where the beginning of the dead man returning from American Badass, I think that's where it started. Um, that's the only thing I really remember from 03, and particularly that pay-per-view. Um, feuding with Randy Orton and the Legacy, returning back to the mid-2010s uh, to become the commissioner of SmackDown and everything else in between that I've forgotten, including the fact that Shane started out in the WWF as a referee and was for a short time a color commentator on Sunday Night Heat. Damn, whatever happened to Sunday Night Heat in Velocity? <laughs> DJ, uh, yeah, D Velocity was like the, it had about the level of success that, you know, Thunder did for WCW. I mean, it just wasn't good. Sunday Night Heat. I do miss Sunday Night Heat. That, that's a great name for a show, isn't it? And it was only an hour. It was easy to digest. Yeah, I do miss Sunday Night Heat. Velocity, I don't miss. I mean, I guess that's been replaced by main event, WWE main event that no one watches either. So, and as far as Shane McMahon, I, I don't know if this is really shocking. Again, Shane walked away from the company in, what, 2010? Yeah, he, he left before. 
it's not necessarily shocking. Shane never seems to really have fit in with Vince's vision of what the company is, or maybe there's just creative differences or, you know, whatever it is. So I don't know if Shane has been necessarily fired as so much as it's kind of a mutual parting for now that eventually Shane will circle back to because he always does. So I'm not looking at this as a firing of like a Braun Strowman or a fiend because it's different. He's Vince's son. You know, he's going to come back and it seems to be a mutual agreement to kind of part ways for now. And we don't even know exactly what Shane was doing anyway. What was his role backstage? What, what exactly was he doing? Was he kind of part of the creative team? Was he just kind of a jack of all trades? We don't know. You know. So I don't look at it in the same context. Yes, he's a huge name, but he's never been an, a, a consistent performer. He's been a jack of all trades on the mic, in the ring, uh, or at least on commentary. He's done refereeing. Like you said, he's, was kind of an, he was an active performer when he wants to be. He uh, was a commissioner. Yeah, you know, he's done every role. So again, this this isn't surprising. So I saw Shane was released. I don't know if I really consider it a release as so much as a kind of yeah, we both agree that this isn't working right now. Maybe it will down the line. That's how I looked at it. Okay. Now with that being said, I propose a what if to Anthony on what if Shane McMahon in two, back in two thousand one really purchased WCW and not his father? Would WCW still exist today, or would it be purchased by WWE? And if WWE didn't purchase WCW. Who do you think would run WCW if Shane decided to resign? Wow. A lot of uh, DJ. <laughs> that, that's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, roads to go down. You could choose one of those and make an entire show out of it. So uh, you don't have to answer these loaded questions now, Matt. Yeah, you, you, See, I didn't even read the next sentence. You already know what I'm going to say. Just something to think about for whenever you and Anthony return to doing what if uh, shows every Monday night. Yeah, that's coming soon. And I like that suggestion. Now I want to talk about something interesting from this past SmackDown. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a freaking miracle that Shinsuke Nakamura is finally wrestling again, wrestling again and sort of defending the Intercontinental title in a, wait for it, wait for it, say it with me, folks, a championship contenders match against Jinder Mahal? Wait, what? How did Jinder Mahal get his free opportunity? And since when is Jinder and Shanky getting his this relevant on SmackDown? Overall, that match was so boring that you could hear the pipe and the noise the pipe in the crowd noise at uh, at hundred percent. Yeah, I heard that too. The crowd noise that's fake is so obvious. By the way, shout out to Michael Ritter for making the trip to OKC for that Friday night episode of SmackDown. Quick question, Michael Ritter, if you are listening to the mailbag, what was the overall real life crowd noise for this match of Mahal and Shinsuke? Because watching it on TV, the crowd looks turned out or tuned out. Anyway, back to Shinsuke. Now that Shinsuke is back to finally wrestling and sort of defending his IC title, it's just a matter of time until Sammy becomes the new Intercontinental Champion on Friday night, February 18th, the night before the pay-per-view or the night before the premium live event. Because creative can't book this inevitable match in the Elimination Chamber in Jeddah? Really, WWE? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, DJ, we have to... Unfortunately, It's an unfortunate reality, but you and I and all the other fans that are of the belief that titles should only be defended on what used to be known as pay-per-views that has gone by the wayside. It's been long enough. We've had a large enough sample size to understand that WWE no longer values that that championship matches on those events. They no longer care. That's out the window. The prestige of championships is gone. Um, Championship matches, I should say they are all about ratings and they don't care if it's at the expense of what title matches used to mean, which means free TV. So 
yeah, I know it could have been an elimination chamber, and I thought that too, but I'm like, yeah, well, they've shown us over the last couple of years that they have no shame when it comes to any championship on any show being defended. None. So this doesn't surprise me anymore at all. On a lighter note, and I want to talk about Monday Night Raw Trivia. I got to say, to be honest, watching the Quiz Bowl to open Monday night was pretty interesting. And I'm probably in the minority here that I actually like it. Yes, at least in my mind, DJ, you are. But I'm glad you liked it. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to change anyone's mind. I'm just here to express my opinions. And here's yours. In the words of Chad Gable, shoosh. I enjoyed this segment because I love quiz and trivia game shows like Jeopardy and Family Feud. Plus, it was something different to start off raw instead of having an open opening segment start off in an in-ring, in-ring promo or impromptu match. I knew some answers to the trivia questions, but seriously, one of the questions that was asked was how many hearts does an octopus have? I really thought the answer was one, not three. Then Riddle trying to use a lifeline to call Justin Bieber was hilarious. I knew that the answer was Stephen Baldwin, not Alec Baldwin. Anyway, to not go further on the anyway, I'm not going to go further on the quiz bowl rabbit hole. Yeah. So the only way I, I actually knew the octopus one, the only way I knew the octopus answer admittedly is from finding Dory finding Dory provided that trivia information to me. So shout out to Disney. <laughs> um, th- that's how many, I mean, I, I watch more kids content than, uh, than adult content. I feel like I'm about five years old now. I can feel my brain cells literally disintegrating inside of my head. Every time I watch children's shows at this point, I've, it's, it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> okay. I got to say this whole segment was time filler. But at the same time, you could disagree with me in my opinion that Raw was 40% wrestling and 60% entertainment due to the fact that Monday Night Raw is a three-hour show and you need some some time fillers here and there. However, I would say in my opinion that SmackDown is the opposite in 60 wrestling and 40 entertainment due to the fact that it's a two-hour show on a network television on Friday night. Plus, I can't remember a time when a celebrity hosted SmackDown was uh, when it was on Thursdays on UPN, then it was on Tuesday nights on Sci-Fi. And then it was on Friday nights. But I do remember Monday Night Raw having celebrity guest hosts like William Shatner, Snoop Dogg, Bob Barker, and many others to use uh, to host Monday Night Raw. Yeah, even the Muppets. Remember that? I mean, it, it got bad. It, it was like the cool thing to do in Hollywood for a short period of time was to host Monday Night Raw. It was like a fad thing to do. And some people work. Some people really didn't work. Bob Barker suddenly or, or surprisingly worked. I remember that. Um Okay. Anyway, coming back to the quiz bowl, I enjoyed it and hopefully other creative ideas can develop <clears throat> to engage casual viewers at home to WWE. It'd be cool to bring back celebrity guest hosts and have interesting storylines that involves the guest host for Monday Night Raw since Monday Night Raw is mostly an entertainment show rather than a pure wrestling show like SmackDown. I digress. Peace, DJ. And I yes, I do have your voicemail. <clears throat> we'll get to that once we start voicemails. But to close out your thoughts on bringing back the celebrity guest host thing, that's a real hit and miss deal. Some celebrity guest hosts work and they seem all in and it doesn't feel like they are just there in a wink and a nod and they know what they're doing isn't real and they're not fully invested. Others work really well. Others work really well. So it's kind of hit and miss. And oftentimes celebrities, more often than not, not always, are brought in to make the wrestlers look like fools. And then they leave where celebrities are not willing to take a bump, but yet they're willing to give one. It's sometimes not good for the product and it often exposes the product and it makes them look like a fish out of water. But at the same time, what they're doing, they, they don't look convincing in their role because they know that this is not a quote unquote true competitive sport. 
So I, 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 I would, I'd be very, very selective of who I bring in because it more often than not does not gel well. All right, DJ. Thank you. Let's see. Where are we at here? Let's get to Grace. Grace writes into me or us, not just me, not all about me. Hope you had a great weekend and your family's doing well. Thank you, Grace. You as well. The Monday Night Raw, this Monday Night Raw, I really enjoyed. It was match heavy, which I appreciate. It was almost like watching a house show and seeing matchups you wouldn't normally see on TV. I thought it was great. Then the Lita and Becky segment happened and just wow. Becky has always been amazing on the mic, but ever since she turned heel, her promos are unbeatable. She's so fluid with them. And I guess that's what happens when you work hard and get to have unscripted promos. Shout out to Lita, still having it on the mic too after so many years. By the way, Charlotte needs to rewatch this Monday Night Raw to see how properly how to properly sell a twist of fate and how to do a sick moonsault that actually lands. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Charlotte, I don't know if she did it on purpose or not because she sold it bad not once but twice. There's something she can't sell. For all the athleticism that Charlotte sells and, 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 and has, all the, all the things she can do exceptionally well in the ring, how can she not just take a, a, a face bump, you know, a, a, a frontal bump? It, that's all it is. You're not even actually hitting your face on the mat because it's protected by that person's arms. <clears throat> so I, I don't know. The timing of it has always been really, really, really bad. So it's amazing that for everything Charlotte can do, she can't take a twist of fate, which seems to be just a front bump. You just land on your land, land forward. That's it. <laughs> and she can't do it. Um, so it's, it's not great. Um, but yeah, I mean, she does need to take a, a little bit of a, a lesson there. Uh, okay, so last but not least, Riddle versus Rollins. This was an odd matchup, but I can't complain. I love Rollins and RK Bro. I will say the room was split because my boyfriend is a huge Orton fan, and I just couldn't have his favorite his favorite hit the RKO on my favorite. It all worked out in the end, though. Do you think there was a meaning behind this matchup, or it was a one-off? Let me know. By the way, if you need a co-host for Raw... I have a very flexible schedule and a good mic. I also think it'd be super fun, Grace. Cool, Grace. Yeah, I mean, I'm open to always having new people on, even if it's just a one time or whatever. If, if things gel, maybe more. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's chat offline. Maybe maybe we can make something happen. Um, you know, just so you know, I usually record at like eight thirty Eastern Standard Time at night. It's like I usually have about an hour. That's normally what I tell uh, my I was my staff. My God. Like, I, I was. I almost said my staff because I, I'm a supervisor and for my job, and I say my staff, but I, I meant my my team, my co-hosts, because I I am not their boss. I really don't believe I am your boss or anybody else's, uh, as far as uh, this this show goes. So <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. My point is that it's 8:30 Eastern Standard Time is uh, usually what I uh, go with, and it, about an hour. So let's talk offline. But okay, yeah, so where do I think this is going? Do I think this is a one-off as far as Rollins and Riddle? For now, yes. I think that WWE knows what they have with these two, which means that they could have a longer program and there'd be no problem with wrestling quality. And they also would have pretty good promos against one another. But I don't know if they're going to do Randy versus Riddle first and break that up and then maybe down the line do a riddle versus Rollins thing. Because I think right now, when you look at the pecking order, Rollins is a step or two above at least in, in the pecking order of, uh, uh, of where somebody would rank from champion down to, you know, the, the, uh, 
curtain jerker, so to speak. So with Rollins a step or two ahead of, of Riddle, I don't think right now they're lined up. If Riddle was a solo act, sure. But I think everyone's waiting for the other shoe to drop with Orton first and get that program out of the way, get through WrestleMania. And then perhaps if Rollins is WWE champion, you could work with Riddle versus Rollins after WrestleMania in a championship match there. That's what I think. So for now, it's a one-off. But these two in the ring, man, I I wish we didn't get a stupid tag team match on Raw. I was thinking with 15 minutes left, they're going to have an awesome match, and it gets just into a schmoz of a tag team match. They did the old Teddy Long thing. And to me, it it would have been a much better matchup if it was just one-on-one, 15 minutes of pure greatness. And they're capable of that. And I think they will we'll see more of that after WrestleMania. Okay. Thanks, Grace. And let's get to let's get to Wes. Let's let's see what Wes has to say this week. He says, I hope you're doing well. I'm watching the Elimination Chamber from 2020 as I type this. And I have to say, what WWE has done with Shayna Baszler since then is nothing short of scandalous. The way she destroyed everyone in that match, waiting on her own between eliminations, was frighteningly impressive. If I were her, I'd be pissed that I've not held a singles championship yet. Not counting NXT, nothing against it, I just don't watch it. Or at the very least, had one more title match. The, the um, I can only recall one, WrestleMania 36. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you are. I would have loved to have seen her win the Rumble, face ultimately face and ultimately beat Charlotte at WrestleMania 38. I know you've mentioned her position with the, the, within the company, but I just wanted to reiterate that. Uh, as I'm watching her humiliate five others in 2020, take care, Wes. Yeah, look, anybody that hasn't seen or or wants to be reminded of what Shayna Baszler is capable of, watch Elimination Chamber 2020 in the Women's Elimination Chamber match. That is the true Shayna Baszler, the killer, the destroyer. That is Shayna, not this neutered, so to speak, of course, version that we're getting with Shayna that is easily beatable, Pops in and off your screen. There was hope of her uh, a few months ago when she broke a couple of arms of Nia Jax and Eva, Eva Marie. And then she just disappeared into the ether and then came back as Sonya Deville's protection for no apparent reason and then went away again. And it's just, it's weird. And it is almost, it's criminal. Somebody needs to, there needs to be charges brought up. People need to do jail time. I mean, there there needs to be something happening because it's it's criminal and it's a shame. But here's the thing. The problem I have with Charlotte versus uh, Shayna at WrestleMania in your scenario, it's heel heel. Shayna's not a great baby face. I don't even I can't even remember if she ever even tried to be one in my in, in my time watching her again. I didn't watch her in NXT that much. Maybe she, they tried it in NXT. She's not an inherent baby face. She's much better as a heel. They could try her as a baby face. But I think that it would not work from a crowd reaction standpoint. They'd be like, uh, who do we cheer for? You know, it, it, it's not a WrestleMania match. It could be a another pay-per-view match main event, but that's how I feel. Thanks, Wes. All right. Let's see where else. Are we, where, where are we going? Where are we going? Okay. Uh, let's get to. Oh, boy. I don't want to miss anybody. I, I don't organize myself well before these shows. It's embarrassing. Let's go to Dennis. Dennis. Dennis O. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say anybody's last name anymore because I'm hesitant. I feel bad about last time, so I'm just gonna say the first initial of your last name. So Dennis O. writes in, and he says, "I'm wondering what punishment Sonya will give Ronda for putting her hands on her, especially when she has a jacket on her and cannot touch her when she's wearing a jacket. Just ask Naomi. 
Goldberg is okay. Dennis, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's no punishment and there's suddenly no there's no consequences because it's Ronda Rousey. You know they could suspend her, but so what? You know I mean, you know she's coming back. She's not being fired. But here's the thing. I'd rather have, I'd go with the suspension angle. At least that makes sense that there are consequences for her wearing a jacket and then you attack her, which on its own makes no sense. I've explained this just because you're wearing different attire doesn't mean that, that you're not actually in that position. What you're wearing doesn't dictate the position you're in. So it makes no sense, but I'd rather go with the suspension angle than I would with nothing because then everything that Naomi has been buying from Sonya has all been crap. But we'll see. Goldberg's back for another pointless match. WWE has already announced Reign versus Lesnar at WrestleMania, so why Goldberg versus Reigns? It's crap. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? When you when you have somebody come out of the Rumble and challenge uh, somebody for the championship, whatever one they choose, you know that the next pay-per-view, the title's not going to change hands because they wouldn't advertise a match that's not going to happen at WrestleMania. Like they wouldn't say this is confirmed for WrestleMania and then have it be pulled from the next pay-per-view because of a title change that almost never happens. Yeah, you could have Reigns still face Lesnar, but the winner of the Rumble gets a title match. You know, so he'd have to Brock Lesnar would have to follow the title and it'd be Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. Yeah, I don't think so. So you're right. I mean, there's almost no chance of Goldberg winning here. Almost no chance. But it's scary enough to think about that WWE's done this before with Goldberg, and I hope they boo him out of the building. I hope they boo the hell out of Goldberg. He deserves it, and from a character standpoint, of course, not in you know human standpoint. But all right, uh, I have a feeling that Lashley wins at the Chamber, and if this after the cell is raised, Edge will enter the ring and spear him. Lashley versus Edge at WrestleMania, cool. But what's the how do how do you get there? Why would Edge do that? What beef does Edge have with Lashley? It would be the heel to attack the babyface first to start the program. If Edge does it with no no reason, then to me, then that's kind of a heel turn. So I'm cool with that, but I'm cool with the match. But how you got there is a little bit problematic, given that Edge is the babyface here, and he'd have to come up with some reason why he he did that to Lashley. I actually think I mean I I think honestly. It could be Lashley versus Rollins at WrestleMania for the championship. Lashley, the more I think about it, the more I think Lashley's going to retain, and then Rollins wins it at WrestleMania. I think that big moment for Rollins is coming, and if we're all going to wait for it and and celebrate with him, I think WrestleMania is the time to do it because Rollins is doing career work right now. So the more I think about it, even though Brock could win and Vince could do the stupid thing of putting all his eggs in one basket and making it Lesnar versus Reigns title versus title, which no one wants to see. I think that would be a really bad move. I think because then where do, what does Rollins do at WrestleMania? What does Lashley do at WrestleMania? What does Orton and, and Riddle, like all these people that could be chasing the championship, what do they do? You know, it's, it's really unfair to the talent if they throw all the title, all the big titles in that match. Really, it's, it does not need it. It doesn't help. It hurts. So good stuff, Dennis. All right, let's go on here and hold on. I'm going back here, making sure I didn't miss anybody. Uh, Okay, this is from Kyle from New York. And he writes in and says, don't worry, I probably have a voicemail I already sent you. Yeah, I think you do. Uh, 
I'm just sending an email to you since you said it last week on the mailbag. You'll put me on with the patrons. Whoops. <laughs> oh, crap. Sorry, Kyle. Oh, my bad. Yeah, okay. I forgot I said that. I do two, two and a half hours of this show. Sometimes I say things I forget. So how about this? Kyle, why don't you do this? The next time you write in, why don't you put in the subject of the email? Uh, put me with patrons. So that way I can flag it as, oh, that's right. I told Kyle I'm going to put him in with the patrons at the beginning of the show. So <laughs> sorry, brother. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> if you didn't, and then later in the show, that's uh, that's in a month subscribing from your podcast. Well, <laughs> it's so funny. People know me. Like I just, I'm so forgetful with certain stuff. And I, I really do feel bad about that. So the next email, Kyle, like I said, put in the subject, put this email with patrons or something like that in big, bold letters. So I will not forget. Okay. So please don't unsubscribe from my podcast. This podcast would crumble without you, Kyle. I wouldn't do that to the number one podcast in the world. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite in the world. Really, if you forgot to put me towards the beginning, it's all good, man. You're the best. Yeah. So, I mean, you already knew that I was going to screw it up and you you already said it's okay. So that, that's how much you guys know me that I'm going to F it up and you already put in it's okay in the paragraph knowing I'm going to screw it up. It's, it's so sad. But there, there's our solution, Kyle. On to wrestling. I don't know if you heard, but there were rumors going around that RK Bro was going to break up months ago, and either Randy or Riddle were going to be WWE champion, and they planned to fight at WrestleMania for the title. So now that we're now that we know that Riddle's in the chamber, do you think the whole title versus title thing is a swerve, and maybe Riddle wins the title and defends against Orton at WrestleMania? I like that. You know, I haven't even considered that. There was rumors. There were rumors floating around that Riddle was supposed to win the Rumble. And he was going to go on to WrestleMania to face uh, Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. And you were going to have Orton getting involved and getting jealous and, you know, that that whole thing. So it's plausible. In fact, I like it. I like it tenfold over Lesnar winning and then going title versus title. And the reason, again, I hate it because it's it's unfair to the other talent and it takes a totally... Uh, relevant and important storyline away from raw because then everything is just all roads. Everything leads to Roman versus Brock, which is total nonsense and it's not helping build for the future at all. So I really hope they don't go with Brock. I, I mean, I love Brock, but I, I, I don't hope that I hope they don't do that. I like yours way better. Another thing I want to mention is boring ass biggie. What a fall from grace. But since I hate that, or I hate the New Day. I don't really care that Big E is in a worthless tag team again, but it just shows that WWE can't give a singles push a chance when fans want it. Fans other than the WWE podcast family, of course. Right, exactly. I mean, we are the most important fans on the planet. <clears throat> I mean, we have a voice that is more important and it, and it carries more weight than any other voice on the planet when it comes to wrestling fans. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be a little modest here. How's it, how's it working? Uh, so we, again, have a, a bit of a conundrum here with Big E. Big E was supposed to be in this big title push, and, and he got the WWE Championship, held it for a significant amount of time, and then lost it to, who else but Brock Lesnar, and then goes into oblivion. And inexplicably, he's back on SmackDown. Apparently, he's a permanent fixture now on SmackDown with nobody telling us why or how that happened or if a trade occurred or what Raw is getting in return. Nothing. It just happens, and we're all supposed to accept it, which is a bunch of crap. So now, fine, he's back to where he started, and every all of the progress he made has now been erased. 
in my mind, going back to where he started, the place that he should not have ever come back to because it was supposed to be him on his own. He has now seemingly erased all the good that he did for those that want to see him on a singles run. It's awful. Another thing I want to talk about is, is Zia Lee from the nether realm. Is she even officially on SmackDown on the roster? It feels like she's there and not there and there. Yeah, I agree. If she's, if she isn't on SmackDown one week, just play Mortal Kombat, guys. You can probably see her in more in the game than you actually can on TV. And then you realize she isn't in the game and you remember, oh, yeah, she's on SmackDown. What happened to her? It's it's just sad, man. But here, guys, if, if anytime you see Xia Li, I'm now going to ruin Xia Li for you as far as how we're supposed to perceive her uh, simply by by this. Yeah, I, I've officially ruined Xylee. Uh, I mean, that, that's that's all I think about. I mean, she's Raiden. She's a female version of Raiden. I've said that before. She is. It's it's a it's too hokey of a character. Again, she's the protector of what? What? Who and what is she protecting? They just came up with that name, but had nothing to back it up. No, no explanation. Okay, you're the protector. Cool. That that's a different name. No one's ever come up with that, to my knowledge, at least especially on the women's side. Okay, but what are you protecting? And, and I don't need the lightning effects at the beginning of the show or the beginning of your entrance if they're not in the arena, because in the arena, it looks probably absolutely ridiculously bad of an entrance. I mean, it's CGI. CGI, guys. It's terrible. Okay, uh, on to something else. I want to get off Zia Lee. Next, I want to talk about Bobby Lashley. First off, I can't stand this Brock Lesnar anymore. At first, I liked it. And then once he was an a-hole about Bobby Lashley, I'm like, I'm done with this Brock. He's just an unlikable D-bag, so I was actually happy that Bobby won the title at the Rumble, but I really don't want Bobby losing it to Brock at the Chamber. I think it might happen. It's possible. There's there's a hell of a conversation to be had, and we will have it here on the show in the coming week. At least give it to Seth. He deserves it. Again, I totally agree, and I think a lot of fans believe he deserves it as well, and he'd be a great heel champion. He's proven it before, but I think his crowning will be at WrestleMania. So if we hold off another month and a half, we'll get our wish, I think. So don't be discouraged if he doesn't win at the chamber. I think his time is coming on a bigger stage. Um, okay. Isn't it sad how the Miz was a transitional champion last year to Bobby Lashley? Now Bobby Lashley's doing the same thing. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, throw a little Joe Biden in there, huh? Okay. The, la- the la- final thing I want to mention is my crush, the boss, the blueprint, the conversation, Sasha Banks. Sorry, Matt. I had to do it. I'm biased for my legit boss. I know, Kyle. It's all good. I don't think I talked about Sasha Banks in the Rumble last week, but I completely agree with almost everything that the other Kyle in Baltimore said. Eliminating Sasha that fast is a, is a crime. It is. It's like high crimes and misdemeanors, Kyle. It is. Uh, and it's been days, and I'm still pissed off about it. Sasha better have a big match plan for WrestleMania, or I'm going to flip out. <laughs> and if she's on the kickoff show or something, imagine if she's on the kickoff show, Kyle. Oh, my God. I mean, she's, she's, she, they, she's in like this nothing match. And she loses on the kickoff show. Uh, I don't want to send you into a tizzy, Kyle. I'll stop. I don't think she should be in the Charlotte Flair versus Ronda match. But then again, since I'm in love with her so much, I won't be disappointed. Also, I do agree with you what you said last week about Sasha's distracting outfits. Like the really good Sailor Moon one at the Rumble. Look, I'm in love with her because of her looks, but I'll admit it. I'll admit it. But I'm also in love with her because of all the reasons you said about her in the ring. So for me, it's everything that I'm in love with her over. Anyway, my question is, do you think Sasha should have been the final in the final four and should have gotten eliminated by someone that's not Zelina of all, Vega of all people. Like, come on, really? 
So that's it, by the way. Sorry I sent this email to, to the uh, old one. Yeah, I have the new one. Don't worry, don't worry about it. Um, no problem. And P.S. If I have time during work, I'm sending a voicemail too about Finn, Shane, and the IC title being res- resurrected after being dead longer than Sasha Banks, uh, long dead longer than all of Sasha Banks' raw women's title reigns combined. Yikes. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that she should have been. Her getting eliminated unceremoniously by Selena, Selena Vega was very shocking and just kind of mind-boggling. And, you know, again, it's it's just being thrown over the top rope, though. You have to remember, this matchup is not by pinfall or submission. All it takes is somebody just throwing you over the top rope, which is not a hell of an accomplishment. Pinning your shoulders to the mat for three seconds or making you tap out is a much more significant loss. So, yeah, it was unceremonious, and we put so much stock in the rumble that it is shocking. But it's not a significant loss in the way that traditional big losses come. But she should have been in the Final Four, sure. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, she should have. I was floored like everybody else. So, thanks, Kyle. And, yes, I think I saw your voicemail. We'll get to those shortly. All right, let's continue on. Josh S. writes in. He's from Kentucky, and he says, glad to finally get a chance to write back. Seems like every week I want to write the show, and I end up not getting to it. But anyway, I was thinking about good factions today. If you could take three superstars who aren't in a tag team and start a faction group, who would you choose? He, You you are going to go with Tommaso Ciampa, Pete Dunne, and Finn Balor. These guys are always on the back burner, but always ready to cook on high. Be interested to hear your picks. Also, how dumb is Goldberg for telling Roman he is next when clearly it's the other way around this time and Goldberg needs Randy Orton to kill the legend of Goldberg? That's all for me this week, Josh. Well, thank you, uh, Josh. I like those picks. Um, you know, those are obviously two of those are um, NXT picks. One is a main roster pick. That's so let me look at the roster and think about this. Here's a good one. Uh, improbable, but possible. How about Austin Theory? Ricochet, led by Corey Graves, who is apparently ready to compete. How about that? Corey Graves, who I think, by the way, could be an excellent heel. Ricochet could also be a heel. I know that Ricochet is just traditionally a babyface because he does cool moves, but he could tone down those moves and still be a total D-bag. And Austin Theory is unlikable. Corey Graves, I think, is more unlikable than likable. I think it'd be a fun, a fun group. How about that? All right, let's continue on. And thank you, Josh. All right, so next, we're almost done with the emails. Boy, you guys gave me a ton of them this week. Okay, this came in actually today. I'm recording this on a Thursday. So Matt M, or I'm sorry, Matty B. Matty B from The Cocoa Beach, who's writing in. So Matty, you got real lucky because I was late in doing part two. Now you get to be on this week's show. So let's go. I don't have much to say, but can we take the U.S. title off of Damian Priest? It might be me, but he does nothing for me. Give it to KO or Austin Theory or anyone else. Priest's run has just felt stale and blah, especially as of late. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, you, you would imagine that what, they, what they've done with Damian Priest over the last several months with him and his kind of nuanced character of the, the, the kind of darkness coming out of him, you'd say, okay, they're, they're doing something with him. But not really. I mean, he's taken a loss or two. He doesn't have a ton of mic time, and he's good on the mic. Uh, yeah, he doesn't feel like he's got a whole lot of uh, the good old golden word momentum behind him. He doesn't. Um, you know, KO is a much better worker in, in a lot of respects than is Damian Priest. But 
you do have to build your youth. And while he feels stale, that happens with any champion. It's at some point during the run, they feel stale. So it's, I think, a matter of reviving his his uh, his character a bit. He's not a dead character, you know. He's a uh, he's got he's got something to him. He's got presence. His delivery on the mic is good. I think it's just a matter of putting him in something that he can sink his teeth into instead of just worrying about uh, you know snapping during the middle of the match. It, it's a nice nuance, but you need more. I mean, Austin Theory and KO. Austin Theory, he's got more to do. I think he's got more to to get through as a the development character to capture the U.S. title. But KO, I think, is probably headed for a U.S. title run, in my mind. I hope they get KO to the U.S. title. He'd be a lot of fun. Anytime KO is champion, it's, it's a blast. So thank you, Matt from uh, Cocoa Beach. I hate you for living there. That's not fair. Um, let's, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that does it for the emails. If I missed anybody, then uh, too bad. So sad. But uh, I'm just being a jerk. Let's move on to the voicemails. And yes, yes, yes. We're going to start with DJ Kuzmo. And then we're going to get to uh, the casual wrestling fan. So two big heavy hitters back to back. So let's get it going right now. Hello, WWE Podcast World. This is DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. I'm recording to you live once again on a Tuesday evening. And I am back. I am back. This is DJ Kuzmo. This is not Kanye Twitty. Shout out to Kanye Twitty for holding me down last week on the mailbag. Thank you again, my brother. But this is DJ Kuzmo live and in color here on a Tuesday evening. And I just want to get off my chest what this transpired at the Royal Rumble. As in my opinion, it was one of the most predictable Royal Rumbles. Not one of my favorites. And I hated the finish that we saw with Brock Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble. We could have had Drew McIntyre. We could have had Matt Riddle. We could have even had uh, we could have even had uh, Randy Orton in his hometown of St. Louis win the Royal Rumble. But before I get there, I want to also start talking about you know how the 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 the, the, the Royal Rumble started. You know we had a, a fantastic match between Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Great storyline, and I hope to see if they're going to continue with this uh, with this feud between the two brothers in storyline, I should say. Not real brothers, but in the storyline perspective. I hope to see this maybe at SummerSlam or maybe uh, maybe at the, uh, the next other premium live events, the next PLEs. I'm going to call them PLEs. It just rolls off the tongue naturally. So uh, PLEs going forward. I hope that works well with y'all because I'm saying PLEs. Premium live event is just too much verbiage to say. And PLEs, I'm just going with that. So we had, of course, the finish, uh, a DQ finish. And, of course, uh, Roman Reigns, he retains his title. And, um, yeah, I want to see, of course, he attacks he attacks Seth Rollins with the steel chair, you know, paying homage to what Seth Rollins did to Roman Reigns those many years ago on Monday Night Raw and how the shield broke apart. Uh, the Women's Royal Rumble, Sasha Banks coming in at number one and then getting eliminated. I, I felt that Sasha Banks, she could have had a longer run in the, in the Women's Royal Rumble. 
and all of these other so-called legends, uh, with the exception of Mickey James and with the exception of Lita, these all so-called uh, uh, legends like Summer Rae and uh, Nikki and Brie Bella, I, I did not want to see them, and it was just filler, just filler to see all of these so-called legends in the women's uh, Royal Rumble. But then we have Ronda Rousey. When I saw Ronda Rousey come in, I was like, you know what? It's just a foregone conclusion that she was going to win the Royal Rumble. And just to look at this, the same sequence, the same sequence of what happened two years ago when Brock Lesnar was in the men's Royal Rumble and he got tossed over the top rope by Drew McIntyre. What I saw when Ronda Rousey came and when she eventually tossed Charlotte Flair over the top rope, I was like, it's a foregone conclusion. We're going to have Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. So it goes back to the point that WWE is not investing in their full-time stars. You could have had a, another Bianca Belair moment where she could have been a two-time Royal Rumble winner. Maybe even Liv Morgan could have won the Royal Rumble. Where was Asuka? Oscar could have won. She could have came back and made her return. Sasha Banks, oh, she's so qualified. She could have won the Royal Rumble. And just to see Sasha Banks get eliminated and Bianca Belair get eliminated and Liv Morgan and all the other credible baby faces because there's not too many that could have won the Royal Rumble. So shout out to SmackDown. They got their marquee match just like last year. Last year they had Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Hopefully this is a one-on-one -on -one matchup between Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. And I think we all know who's going to win that title match. I'm not going to reveal it right now. We're going to save that for when WrestleMania uh, gets to uh, when we get to April, I will send my predictions about that. But then we have some other matches. Uh, the intergender match with Edge and and with Edge and Bet Phoenix and versus the Miz and Maurice. I didn't really care too much about that match. Not to uh, it was pretty much a. Uh, uh, kind of like a, you know, kind of like a time for me to take a lunchable. Shout out to Kanye Twitty taking a, just to take a lunchable break. I think I booked the Miz to win that match. I don't know why the hell I chose the Miz. And, uh, well, okay, Edge wins. So who is going to be Edge's next opponent? That's going to be left to be seen. But then we get to uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. The 15-year dream match in the making. Okay. It wasn't a five-star classic. It was an okay match. But then when we saw, when we saw, when Brock Lesnar, but first before we get there, Bobby Lashley, Bobby freaking Lashley, how many times he was getting German suplexed. This was probably the first time that I have seen Bobby Lashley take so many German suplexes. It's just crazy, crazy, crazy to see Bobby Lashley take all those German suplexes, landing on his shoulder, landing on his head. I really hope that Bobby Lashley was okay. And I guess they kind of did that to see, oh, the, the so-called, because I think they're booking him as a baby face to see how he would kind of come back, come, come from behind and somehow win the match. But then here is where I saw another predictable moment. And this is when, when Brock Lesnar attempted to hit the F5 on Bobby Lashley and he ran into the referee and just... Just to, I want to take you back 
our memory lane to the time of the ruthless aggression era. Remember that time at No Way's Out when it was Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE title, the good old No Way's Out pay-per-view back then when we could say pay-per-views. We had that almost that same moment when Brock Lesnar attempted to hit Eddie Guerrero with the F5. He hit the referee, knocked the referee out, and then all of a sudden, when Brock Lesnar was hitting the pin on Eddie Guerrero, the crowd said one, and two, and three, and four, and five, and so on and so on. Brock Lesnar could have realized, yo, wake up the referee, or we need another referee, and bam, all of a sudden we get Goldberg. Goldberg came in at that time, hit Brock Lesnar with the spear, Eddie Guerrero somehow awoken back from his, uh, from his slumber, he called out to a new referee, and of course the rest is history, Eddie Guerrero wins the WWE title, and so on and so forth. So when I saw, when Roman Reigns came in and hit Brock Lesnar with the spear, I said, wait a minute, I know I saw this before. And there goes to show another predictable moment, how I, I say that how this past Royal Rumble was pretty predictable. So we get, we get the finish that Bobby Lashley now becomes the two-time WWE champion. So hooray, hooray, I guess. I guess you could say, so shout out to Casual Wrestling Fan for pretty much booking everything correctly, but I really wanted to see Brock Lesnar win this title, and um, now that Bobby Lashley is the champion, how long will Bobby Lashley remain as champion? Will he walk into WrestleMania as the WWE champion? Will he lose his title in the elimination title match? Who knows? But then we get to, of course, uh, Becky Lynch and Dewdrop. Not much of a, a match to get too much and in, uh, mostly invested in. When we saw when Becky Lynch gave uh, the, the, the manhandle slam or the rock bottom to Dewdrop, it was uh, pretty much over for her. Dewdrop did have a good, she had a good, uh, good showing against Becky Lynch. And uh, I don't know where Dewdrop goes from there. You know, she's uh, she's a heel, so uh, does she go back to being a babyface or does she stay a heel? Who knows? But anyway, I want to get to what gave me a bad taste in my mouth, and that was to see in the men's Royal Rumble. First of all, between the men and the women's, the women's was better. Of course, they had a whole bunch of... Uh, a whole bunch of surprises, and of course we saw a lot of so-called, I'm going to quote-unquote so-called uh, WWE Hall of Famers, with the exception of Mickey James and with the exception of Lita. But then we get to the Men's Royal Rumble. I want to fast forward to the finish. So Brock Lesnar, he just got pinned uh, an hour and some change ago by Bobby Lashley after when Roman Reigns beautifully hit him with a spear and, of course, hit him with the universal title with the help of Paul Heyman. But then we fast forward to the conclusion of the Men's Royal Rumble. We have Drew McIntyre return. We even have Matt Riddle. We had Randy Orton. We even had Bad Buddy and Shane McMahon. What the hell was Shane McMahon even doing in the Royal Rumble? Is he uh, a so-called... Uh, 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 a so-called legend. I don't even understand the whole booking. And uh, anyway, but when Brock Lesnar showed up, when Brock Lesnar showed up, I was like, no, no. Why, WWE? You had to come to this point that you would put uh, uh, Brock Lesnar to come in at number 30, and it was just a foregone conclusion. Everybody just clear, just, just clear the ring, just clear the ring, and then we have the last two, Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. And boy, oh boy, was I, was I yelling at the TV, 
Please, Drew, just toss Brock Lesnar over the top rope. But no, but no, we get uh, Brock Lesnar tossing uh, Drew McIntyre over the top rope, and Brock Lesnar wins the Royal Rumble again, again. Where is the investment in the full-time stars, the Big E's, the Drew McIntyre's, even maybe a, a Matt Riddle, or or let's just say uh, maybe even an Austin Theory. But you go to the part-timers, you go to the big names over and over and over again. And it goes to show that WWE needs to pay attention to their full-time stars, their full-time babyfaces in creating a character a character development, in creating a storyline that the crowd, the hardcore crowd, and the casual fan can get behind. So when you see Brock Lesnar win, when you see Ronda Rousey win, okay, it's for the big name. It's for WrestleMania because we need those big names. We need to be able to sell out. I understand from a business standpoint, but I'm pissed off just to see that finish. And I just had to get that off my chest. I hope you guys could deal with me just for a moment here because I, I just needed to get this off my chest, how this was one of the most predictable Royal Rumbles. And when you think about Royal Rumbles, Royal Rumbles are supposed to be unpredictable. It's supposed to be an open field where anybody or anybody could win the uh, the Royal Rumble and, of course, point to the WrestleMania sign. Why do we have to point to the WrestleMania sign? But other than that, I just hope to see, uh, I don't know what's going to come about now that we have, we have coming up the Elimination Chamber, we have the uh, the Elimination Chamber where we have the uh, Brock Lesnar, oh my goodness, Brock Lesnar coming back on the Monday Night Raw after Royal Rumble, he wants to come for a rematch with Bobby Lashley, of course he did say, oh he didn't win it fair and square because he got help from Roman Reigns, I understand that, but shouldn't this be that you should have went to SmackDown and get your comeuppance on Roman Reigns and attack the Usos and try to strangle the crap out of Paul Heyman because he screwed you over, huh Brock Lesnar, but no, you want to come on Monday Night Raw and just say, I want a rematch against Bobby Lashley, your opponent is not Bobby Lashley, your opponent is Roman Reigns, but other than that, I, I don't want to continue to beat a dead horse on that, and uh, seeing uh, seeing Brock Lesnar insert, uh, having, sorry, having Adam Pierce, having Adam Pierce put Brock Lesnar in this Elimination Chamber match is like day one all over again, and most likely we're going to see some sort of Brock Lesnar win, and maybe, just maybe, just to save us all a screwy finish so that Brock Lesnar doesn't win. So, uh, I know also that we have Becky Lynch, you know, she needs an opponent for WrestleMania because uh, she defeated Doudrop at the Royal Rumble, and of course, SmackDown, we have Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair, that should be an interesting matchup. On paper, it's a big name, and it could have been. It would. It could have made sense if you had Sasha Banks versus Charlotte Flair. It could have made sense if you even had a returning Oscar versus Charlotte Flair or Oscar versus Becky Lynch. But whatever the case may be, I am going to just. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to see what creative does with this. Hopefully, they don't make it a triple threat and put Becky Lynch in this. Uh, this matchup at WrestleMania. So, but wait a minute, oh my goodness, Veer, Mahan, oh my gosh, and again, 
hoping that this guy would show up at number 26 or number 30. But no, no Veer Mahan. No Veer Mahan at the Royal Rumble. No Veer Mahan at the Monday Night Raw after the Royal Rumble. What the hell, WWE? You keep hitting me with these damn vignettes over and over and over. And then not for him to show up, not for him to show up at the Royal Rumble, not for him to show up at the Monday Night Raw. It just pisses me off. It pisses me off to see that Veer Mahan being being booked so much in these damn vignettes every single Monday Night Raw, and still he has not even showed up at the Royal Rumble. So I don't know what the hell, you know, I don't know if they're going to uh, somehow, if they're going to somehow bring him in in March, bring him in close to to WrestleMania. I don't know what the case may be, but you're wasting the guy's time. He's been waiting since the draft from last year. We're now in February of 2022, and yes, the Veer, the Veer, the Veer Mahan counter is real, and I hope to see where he makes his debut. When? When? But I don't want to continue to beat a dead horse on the Veer Mahan count. But guys, I hope you could deal with my rant because I just needed to take a week off last week just to say, oh my goodness, what the hell did I watch here at the Royal Rumble? Uh, going forward, I know we have the return of Goldberg. Every six months, we get to see Goldberg return. So let's see what happens at the Elimination Chamber next week, Saturday. I am not going to be watching it at 12 o'clock on a Saturday. I'm most likely going to watch that probably at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock or even 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. Lunchtime, I'm out hanging out, enjoying the Saturday, getting ready for some other things in my personal life. But other than that, folks, it is great to be back on the mailbag here live and in color so if you are sleeping this is the time for you to wake up now as i get off of this you can go back to your regularly scheduled uh uh regularly scheduled mailbag where you can fall asleep and just uh enjoy the rest of everybody else's rants and questions i hope to hear from you guys next week have a blessed week and i'll talk to you soon damn dj (laughs) i'm gonna go out on a limb and just take a wild guess that you were did you didn't like the royal rumble that's just i know it's a bit of a shot in the dark and probably a long shot but that's that's just my guess so um i hope i'm right there yeah uh so the one thing i'll take out of this because there's so many things i can respond to um that may be the longest voicemail we've ever received by the way and here's the one thing the 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 whole framework that wwe has put into place they should be building around new stars full-time stars as you said towards the middle of your voicemail you said that they should be investing in full-time stars, not their, not necessarily their, uh, their, 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 their big stars that return for WrestleMania season and then go away. And I agree, totally agree. But you could argue, well, they are with Charlotte Flair. She's a full-time star. You know, I, I'm not arguing for Ronda Rousey being in the main event. That I kind of have mixed feelings on. But perhaps that opponent of Charlotte's could be a full-time star is what you're arguing because they already, they already do have a full-time star. It's not like there's two part-time stars coming together for a one-off and nobody's going to be there the night after WrestleMania and it was for nothing. But yeah, to me, I get that argument and I'm more for that than having stars come back just for the, the, the quick pop in ratings. And that has been a problem of WWE's for many years is bringing back stars of yesteryear and seemingly put too much focus on them rather than the stars that are going to be there full time after WrestleMania is over that builds to the next year's WrestleMania. 
And Charlotte's already a made star. Like, how much is she going to really gain from Charlotte Flair, from herself being in the main event with Ron, Ron Rousey? How much is she really going to gain from that? She already has main evented WrestleMania before. She's been in every conceivable women's match that you can put together. She's faced everybody you can think of. She's a, an elite athlete. She's great on the mic. She's great in the ring. What is she really gaining anymore? Even with a star like Ronda Rousey, what is she gaining being in the ring with, with Ronda? The answer is probably not as great of a match as she could have as if it was somebody who's full-time like Sasha Banks or a returning Bailey or a returning Asuka. So you're, you're sacrificing match quality for star power is what you're doing in the hopes that more people will watch because it's a bigger name. And they may be right on that. But ultimately, the fans that are there who watch every week want, a, I think, a better match and a better story than just, oh, it's Ronda Rousey coming back to just take the women's title and have a, a run with it. So I'm with you on that. And that, that's all I'll say because there's too many other points that you bring up that I could dive into, and I don't want this to be four hours. So thanks, DJ. Thank you so much. And uh, let's get on to Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan. It's Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan here, and I'm with none other than Miss Casual Wrestling Fan. How you doing today? Hi guys. And we just want to come to you one week before the official takeover to let you know. Tune in next week, get your emails in, write to us, and we'll answer your emails here on the takeover show. But we couldn't come into you last week because we was ill. So we're coming in this week and we're going to go over our Royal Rumble predictions and let you know if we was right, wrong, or other. But first match was Seth Rollins versus. Roman Reigns, which was a great match. You like that match, bro? Yeah, it was really good. It was a good match. I love the ending. You know, Roman Reigns acknowledged him all day long. And we picked Roman to win. And, well, he didn't. Well, technically, he retained. You know, he didn't win, but he retained. Mm-hmm. So, he did. we're going to take 50% on that. We copped out. That's okay. Then, we had the Women's Royal Rumble. And we're not going to go down to... The, the 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 final fours, but Mr. Casual Wrestling fan did predict three of the four final four, as well as the winner, Miss Ronda Rousey. So I'm gonna do the Tommaso uh, uh, champ and pat myself on the back. <laughs> anyway, then next, what was the next match after that? Was it Bobby? Yes, I think it was Bobby. So uh, Bobby Brock, and we picked the Almighty, and the Almighty did it. Shout out to Bobby Lashley. On to the next match. And what was the next one? It was Becky. Yeah, it was Becky versus Dewdrop. Yeah. And and we picked Becky to win. And yes, sir. it's still big time. Yes, sir. And who was next? Oh, that Miz. Okay. Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth. We got it wrong. We did. We bet on, on Miz two two pay-per-views in a row. We did. We missed both times, but that's okay. Then final for the men's Royal Rumble, I picked two of the final two. I mean, who could see Shane O'Mac and Bad Bunny making it that far? But Brock did take the win. And, you know, I'm okay with Brock and Ronda winning. And, you know, I wasn't going to go down this long, but I'm going to do it. I don't care. I don't think nobody deserved it more than Ronda. And I know everybody's yelling right now. Well, what about, what about Liv? She never wins a match. She don't deserve it. Well, what about Bianca? Does she really deserve to win it two in a row? 
Does she need to win two back-to-back? No. What about Sasha? Does she need to win? No. Oh, what about Rhea? Has she established herself as a single competitor? No. So it's a lot of people that you could say, oh, well, you could do this for this person. What about Alexa? She only wrestled three matches in 2020. You want to see more of that? You want Carmella? No. You want you want uh, Queen Zelina? No. What about Shayna Baszler? Ronda Rousey is a better established starter than uh, Shayna Baszler, who has been booked badly. So I'm sorry, I went on a mini tangent, but I think Ronda was the right pick for the for the right Royal Rumble, and it, it, it put her where she needed to be. She needed to win it to reestablish herself as a top contender, and she did that. Sorry for that. Anyway, we're gonna transition. That was our picks. Um, right into us next week. If you disagree with me, tell me why you think somebody else should have won the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I like that. It's fun. We cannot wait to hear from you guys. We cannot. Um, also, um, Matt, we're going to ask you a couple questions. And I think I might have asked you this, but we're going to ask again. When we was did our takeover show, we said who we would put on the cover of the new WWE 2K22 that's going to drop. So we want to ask you, who would you pick? Because Miss Cajarus, I'm fan. Tell them who you said. I would do Becky Lynch and Seth freaking Rollins. There it is. The power couple of like WWE it. currently. Come I like on it. Now. Dripping on the cover. And I said the bloodline. Perfect. You know, we the ones acknowledge them. Bloodline on the cover. So, Matt, we're going to ask you, who would you pick or what combinations of, of characters would you put on the cover? And also, for all the parents out there... <laughs> Matt, I'm going to ask you a question. You're a parent. We're a parent, too. When are you going to tell your kids that wrestling is predetermined? Because I don't know when you guys happened to you, but it got told to me very early in life all the time of my grandfather. So I'm just wondering for you guys, when are you guys going to tell your kids that it's predetermined, or are you not going to tell them? Hey, I want to know. But all right, guys, that's all we got. Special shout-outs to Tommy S. That's right. I did predict the Royal Rumble. I did that. Shout-out to my boy, none other than The Crisis, a.k.a. Kanye Twitty. Shout-out to you. I don't mind being on the trash list for getting it right. That's right. I'm I'm the walking spoiler sheet. You know, you want to know something, call me. Don't don't worry about what's What's my man's name. Don't worry about Meltzer. We don't listen to him. I'm my own guy. Hey. Follow the Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan Show on Discord server. But anyway, but we're going to get out of here, you guys. I hope you guys have a great night. And we will see you guys next week right in. Get your emails in. Yes. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. I can't wait to hear your your email responses next week. It's uh, one of my favorite shows of the month, really, because you guys add so much. Just add a different flavor to the show. And, uh, Doing it together as a couple is so cool, I got to say. So, uh, all right. Well, here's my picks. And I like both of yours. Uh, Rey Mysterio is, first of all, the last person I would pick. I mean, this isn't, you know, 2009. I, I don't understand why Rey Mysterio is put on the cover of 2K22. Who would I put? I mean, I like Mrs. Pick, Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan's pick of Seth and Becky. They're a power couple. But I got to go with you, Mr. Casual Wrestling, uh, Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan, because... There's been no bigger story, no bigger group in wrestling over the last year, two years now than the bloodline. How do they not put Roman Reigns and the Usos on the cover? How do they not do it? Because they're heels? Do they always have to have a baby face on the cover? I think that's the the, the thing. But Roman has sold more merchandise than anyone right now in history as a heel. So to me, it should be Roman and the bloodline. I got to go with Mr. Kazer Wrestling fan on that. Hey. 
this is Eliah, not, it, um, I'm the person that called in yesterday with the Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, uh, Seth Rollins storyline, story sorry, last week. Uh, it's, my name is pronounced Eliot. I'm not a Wyatt. Um, but, uh, you, I think you missed the boat in what I was trying to get at. Uh, I wasn't really, the, the Becky Lynch thing was like sort of a side story to help add heat to the Roman Reigns character and build sympathy for the Seth Rollins character. This is about the Seth Rollins Roman Reigns storyline. And potentially leading up to like a storyline that like off and on from like SummerSlam to like even to WrestleMania 39, and if and that, and that thought and that possibility brings The Rock into this, because you could have The Rock turn be do a heel turn, joining Roman Reigns and screwing stuff out of a championship win at WrestleMania 39, and it could go on a really really big storyline going like all the way to like leading to like a like a, a, a improved bloodline like storyline and like you could have the so you could have the rock like become uh I guess the IC champ the uh, intercontinental champion and then uh you could have Seth like eventually win at like SummerSlam next year. Uh not this year but SummerSlam twenty twenty three. Um and then uh, you would have The Rock eventually turn on Roman, and they'd make, make a maybe main, main event WrestleMania 40, and that could that would be how you turn uh, Roman babyface. You have like The Rock turn on Roman, and, like leading up to Survivor Series, and then you'd have a uh, Roman or at, at the Royal Rumble maybe, and then you that could be how you turn Roman babyface, and then you have Roman and The Rock like, fight at, uh, WrestleMania, I guess it would be WrestleMania 40, wow, so, yeah, that's my, uh, that's, that's what I was thinking about, it, you, I mean, you missed the point of what I was trying to get at, uh, I wasn't really, like, um, I wasn't really, Becky Lynch was, like, a, just a thing to make it easier, make the storyline easier, but I was really more talking about Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, so I think that would be an amazing feud, thanks, bye. Hey, Elia, so, Okay, I, I'm glad you clarified. Uh, first of all, I've not had anyone yet book out to WrestleMania 40. <laughs> so good job there. I've not had anybody. I don't even want to think about it. I don't think WWE has thought about it either because honestly, they can't book about, they can't even book the show that's happening that day. How many times we hear about Vince tearing up scripts, things being rewritten on the fly. So if, if WWE is booking out more than just the night that they're on, I don't believe anything that they're they're, they're going to say could happen. But it's fun as fans to project. And I like the Seth and Roman storyline. I have no problem per se with yours, but I don't. The problem is the length of time in which you're saying could happen. Um, because, first of all, there's so many variables between now and then that can happen. I mean, like you're talking about two years, two years of, uh, of a, that particular storyline going through. And The Rock turning heel is also, I think, problematic unless it's going to be something that The Rock is sticking around to do. If, if it's just a, a few month thing, he comes in and out, he does his via satellite promos and. You know, he's, he's kind of there, but not really to promote the match, as we've seen in the past with John Cena. I, I, I don't want that. Ver- I, I don't think the fans would accept The Rock turning heel, especially given that Rock Roman is a, a match that's gonna and has to happen. It has to happen, and it can't be Rock as a heel when it happens. Um, you know, he could turn heel down the line after he has that match as a babyface with Roman, but you gotta get through that first. It would be a massive mistake to do that otherwise. And maybe I missed your point there, too. I'm Sometimes I don't listen very well. Ask my wife. So 
I will say this. Seth and Roman have unfinished business. Given how the Royal Rumble match ended, how they don't follow up on that is... And, and uh, how they haven't already is, is actually amazing. With Seth just accepting the beating. I mean, th- that is... Uh, apparently, they've got other plans for Rollins. I hope they don't ignore that and they don't forget it and they, maybe they bring it back. But Rollins reigns... Even as both heels is interesting as hell. I, I love it, and I'm with you there. So thank you, Elia, and please call back next week if uh, if you feel like it. Let's continue. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. I wanted to make this call right after Spectre was over with because I just wanted to see who I was going to face and, you know, and all that stuff. And now it's going to be Charlotte. I think that's a dumb mistake. I think to sacrifice Sasha Biggs for, for Bianca Belair, I'm sorry, it's very pathetic. It's actually when the match is going to happen at WrestleMania, which probably will, but to – Look, plate is just the it's just a fact that Sasha is a bigger star than Bianca Belair, who should get a bigger match than than Bianca. It's just the fact. I like Bianca, but it's Sasha Banks. I think that's just so. It's just all very pathetically stupid. And the SmackDown in general, it's just a terrible show. I think back in 2016, 2018, 2000, really pretty much when Becky was there, pretty much as a as as a SmackDown wrestler, SmackDown was a great show. But then they just, they decided to to, to to draft everyone over to Raw who are big who are big names. That is a name, Charlotte, Sasha, or Roman Reigns to Raw. Then Rob ended up being it's not better than SmackDown, but it is it is watch it's more watchable, I feel like, than Raw Raw's more watchable. At SmackDown, it's just a Roman Reigns show and no one else matters. And you know, I guess as before, Roman Reigns could do the best work all he wants to, but there's not credible opponents who can care less of this guy as champion. Even Charlotte Flair as well. Who could care less about Charlotte and Roman Reigns as champion? SmackDown's a terrible show. Had it to WrestleMania and and everything like that. After WrestleMania, I don't know what they're gonna do, but they either they either have Sasha on Raw, or that's what I that's the last that's the only thing I can think of at this point because she doesn't fit anywhere on on SmackDown anymore, which is very sad, but it's the truth. And Bianca Belair does. The other person, it says, it says, she's she's facing Becky just just because there's no other option for Becky right after WrestleMania. So that's I think like I feel like Bianca is just the, the 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 other woman. That's how I that's how I view it as. Um, but that's just it. Just for a call, so that is a table show, and that's all I have to say. Bye. Hey Kyle. So yeah, I mean I I hear you about SmackDown, but. It is very, it is very top heavy with a the storyline. But I mean, again, that's kind of the nature of WWE shows. There's usually a main storyline that the fans tune in for. It's generally what drives fans to watch the show. It's not a, it's not all fans, but it is a majority of fans that tune in for the main one or two storylines because those are the ones that are heavily promoted and usually the most well done storylines are the ones that have got the main event stars and the top titles in them. And it has become the Roman Reigns show. To some people, the Roman Reigns show is enough to carry SmackDown. I know for you that it's not. And for me, it's not either because other stars need to get into the mix and be a part of that success. But Roman Reigns has been so successful in that role that it's undeniable that he has been the reason SmackDown has been received well by most fans. And again, you're you're not in that group, and that's cool because Sasha Banks is right now not in really anything. I mean, she, she's essentially doing nothing, which is bizarre maybe she's got another injury i mean sasha banks has just a career of injuries i mean she it feels like she's more injured than not um, but yeah it, it's it's really amazing i'm very interested to see what sasha banks does at wrestlemania bianca belair has a clear path to becky lynch 
Sasha Banks does not have a clear path to Charlotte Flair. And where does Alexa Bliss stand, right? Where where does a uh, returning Oscar stand if she's coming back soon? You know, th- there's there's a lot of women out there that's like, what wh- what are we doing? You know, imagine if Sasha is just part of like the women's battle royal. That's a part of the pre-show. <laughs> I don't mean to sugar you, but uh, you know, it, it's really amazing. It is amazing, Kyle. Um, and they do need to create more stories that are just not just about Roman Reigns and everything doesn't revolve around Roman Reigns and it shouldn't. But when he's that that good, sometimes it's it's inevitable. And even if you don't design it that way, things are going to revolve around Roman Reigns because he's he's like a, a gravitational pull on everything. So I hear you, Kyle. I do hear you. I understand. All right. Thank you so much, brother. And uh, let's continue on. Hey, Matt, it's Brad in New York. Um, I uh, apologies for not sounding so good on last week's show. I had that stupid covid and really wasn't myself um hopefully i sound more normal now but um first of all on this goldberg thing i'm pissed that this guy's taking on roman in the elimination chamber he doesn't deserve it no one wants to see him he doesn't need to be there um he is a total waste of roman's time of everyone's time i mean how in that spot after what happened last week with seth rollins at the rumble how does Seth Rollins not be the guy who comes out there? How is it Goldberg? I mean, we're going to forget this whole amazing thing, this this great match that happened with Seth and Roman. We're just going to ignore it and let this Goldberg now take the spotlight. He doesn't deserve it. It's stupid. I don't like it. Um, I'll watch it, but I don't like it. And, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey. Um, also, I'm not happy that she's here for the next few years. It would be one thing if she was here for a few months, but now she has to get a title and she has to win the championship and she has to probably hold on to it for a long time. I'm just not excited about her. Uh, she's terrible on the microphone. She's terrible to watch. Um, I, I was really looking forward to a, a Sasha Banks Charlotte thing. Obviously that's out the window probably for, you know, a year plus because probably Ronda's going to have the championship and not lose it. So this is ridiculous. I'm really, really kind of disappointed, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I'm just hoping that they could find a way to work in people that actually deserve to be worked in. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. So thanks, Matt. Uh, great shows, as always. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, Sasha Banks seems to be a running themed on the show today, and I understand why. Sasha Banks is a somebody that is a megastar in the women's division and seemingly deserves more. And, you know, look, we've got seven weeks till WrestleMania. We've got time. Sasha could have an epic match with somebody, even if it's not for the title. You know, there's there's things you could do. A returning Oscar, right? What about her? What about Bailey? What about Bailey coming back? Sasha and Bailey. There's a lot of history there. So there's things you can do. That I think people would be happy with, even if it doesn't involve her in the championship match. Now, as far as Goldberg goes, yeah, it's like the match no one asked for. It, that's what it is. It, it's not like I felt like I missed out on Goldberg versus Roman Reigns two years ago at WrestleMania. I wasn't like, oh, man, I hope I get that again. Nobody has been asking for that. It's Again, it's nobody has been saying, oh, Goldberg's back. I wonder if he's going to attack Roman. Again, it's the match nobody asked for. Nobody. Again, unfortunately, people are cheering his entrance, which... I think it continues to encourage Vince that, you know, encourage him that he made the right choice. I don't think he did. I don't think a lot of fans believe he did. And I hope Goldberg gets booed out of the arena, but I don't have any faith in it because it hasn't happened yet. 
So thanks, Brad. And uh, let's continue on. Hey, Matt, it's Kyle from New York again. Oh, I mean, uh, NY Kyle. <laughs> New York Kyle. Uh, I actually sent a voicemail also. I actually forgot the new the new email address you said, so if you want, you can tell me that. And uh, I sent the old one. But um, three things I want to talk about. Finn Balor, Shane McMahon, and the IC title. So this might be two voicemails. I'm not sure. Uh, first, Shane McMahon. From what I've heard about the whole release, from what I've heard is um, basically Brock Lesnar and Vince or Shane were all backstage and like a lot of the ideas Shane was pitching, Vince denied and he, he basically Vince approved all Brock's ideas over Shane's and Shane had a big fight with Brock. That's why Shane got fired. That's why I've heard. So what do you think? What do you think actually happened? That's my question. Next, Finn Balor. Where the hell is Finn Balor? Well, fall from grace. He went from being NXT champion to doing nothing on the main roster after living as a demon. Like what? I don't even know anymore where Finn Balor is. I'm, I don't. I don't know anymore. Where, why do you think? Why do you think Finn Balor is not here right now? Actually, I'm, I'm, I might get down one voicemail. I guess I'm just fast questions. Um. This is the third thing. Your your Twitter poll has won. Um, the IC title defense, like you know, the poll you put about Veer, who's gonna what's gonna be first? The IC title being defended, Veer Mahan or Alexa Bliss? The IC title won. <laughs> I'm surprised. I thought it was gonna be Alexa Bliss first, honestly. Actually, also everything everything about Alexa Bliss too. I heard that supposedly they're, they they filmed nine therapy sessions and we have two so far. So it was like. No, oh, three so far, I mean, so there's like six to go. Anyway, the IC title, title do you think Sami Zayn's going to win in two weeks? I think he will, because Shinsuke Nakamura's reign's been crap, so I think Sami Zayn's going to win. And my three minutes are almost up, so before I have to record our voice notice to say bye, I'll say bye now, because I have nothing else to say. So thanks as always, and I'll talk to you next week. So yes, I think Sami Zayn's going to win the IC title. I, I hope so. I think so. And let's all hope that it comes back to the limelight where it belongs. Do I also think that Finn Balor is being misused? Yeah. I don't know where he is, honestly. He is he was losing to Austin Theory last I saw. I don't believe he's injured. It's just he does, creative doesn't have anything for him right now, which is really a shame. Finn Balor is one of the best talents WWE has that they haven't utilized the, 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 to the maximum capacity. And it seems as if he fell, since he fell from the top rope as the demon against Roman Reigns, well, like five months ago at a pay-per-view main event for the Universal title, that he has literally fallen from there. Very symbolic of where he's gone. He's fallen from the top to the bottom, losing to Austin Theory. So, yeah, Finn Balor, um, it's really a shame. I, I, I don't understand it either. I think that Finn Balor, I mean, he could be in the main event. <laughs> he could be the main event of WrestleMania against anybody. Against, what about Seth Rollins? Right? I don't understand it. So, thanks, Kyle. Good to hear from you. And uh, let's move on. Hey, Matt. My name's Steve Turner. I'm a longtime fan of the podcast, a first time caller um, from Twin Falls, Idaho. Um, I just I had an observation. I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on. Um, I went to the live event in Boise, Idaho, last night, um, and. When Ricochet and Atlas, um, Atlas Theory were wrestling together, um, Ricochet got Atlas Theory in the middle of the ring and then did a full 
people's elbow. Um, the more I thought about this, and I had never seen Ricochet, like, borrow any signature moves or anything like that, um, the more I thought, I was thinking that maybe he was doing this as a tribute to The Rock with, you know, all of the the media attention The Rock's getting for um, previous negative comments and that type of thing. So I kind of saw this as as an homage saying, you know, we're still behind The Rock. Um, but, yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on that just real quick. Um, I just thought it was really interesting. He, he you know, kicked uh, Atlas Theory's arms to the side, went both ropes, and then did a full people's elbow, and everyone kind of looked at each other. Um, but now I'm thinking it makes a little more sense. So um, love the podcast. Uh, love all the guest hosts also. Um, thanks for bringing it to us and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, hello, Steve, all the way out in Boise, Idaho. Cool. Cool. Uh, so I'm great. I'm grateful for you bringing that to our, uh, to our attention. I did not know that that Ricochet did that, uh, to theory and in a house show, but I think that's exactly why he did it. House shows are designed for exactly that. The house, it's not designed for the people at home. As you know, I don't think I'm telling you anything you don't know. But why I'm bringing that focus back to that is because talents often just get to kind of goof off at, at those live events. They're within reason, of course. There's no camera on them. It's a much less tense environment. It's a time to hone their craft, do goofy stuff, work on things. It's, a, it's almost like working, quote unquote, with house money. And it's for the people in attendance only. So it could have just been him goofing off. And I would actually kind of chalk it up to that that it's just him goofing off and not really necessarily a tribute. If they were going to do something like a tribute, I think they would have done it on a, on a, on a televised event. Um, if, even if it's in a subtle way. So I think it was just him goofing off saying, Hey, I'm going to throw out something crazy tonight and uh, I'm going to do the people's elbow. I really, I really think it's as simple as that. I know that's a boring answer, but given that it's a house show, an untelevised live event, I, I, that's what I'm tending to believe it is. I don't think there's anything more to read into that. I know that there's been a lot of, as you said, heat on rock, um, Dwayne for, uh, the comments about Joe Rogan and then rescinding those comments. Joe Rogan's like the you know topic of most people's conversations right now. So yeah, that's, that's what I believe. So thank you for, uh, thank you for, uh, contributing and I'm glad you decided to call in, continue to do so if you, uh, if you want. Thanks, Steve. Let's continue on only a couple more, a couple more and things will be done here. Hello, guys. This is Memphis Mark coming to you from Mullet Manor. I hope everybody's doing good. Uh, just my little synopsis of what has happened here. Uh, uh, I want to actually think about suing uh, WWE. Uh, seriously, uh, I can't get the time back that I watched that first segment of the uh academic challenge uh i think i should be able to sue and get something back i think this is class action uh mvp does he not make bobby look good bobby's doing better on his interview skills but man mvp that's a great job um but though between dolls challenges 24 7 oh, come on uh you know um but aj AJ has had two stellar weeks. I think he has just looked fantastic. And I actually saw something. It was the 2006 TNA lockdown uh, cage match that he was in. Fantastic. You know, 
Vince. They're trying to make him look a little bit better today by standing him up. <laughs> and they did a side view. I don't think that was his best side. All right. Uh, I hate the 24-7. All right. And uh, let me see. Uh, and, oh, the uh, with the 24-7, wouldn't it have been a perfect time for uh, – for the gentleman to come out. Uh, but anyway, um, we're going to uh, have to say that the last few weeks have been a little weak. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, last week, I didn't want to call in and be all negative, so I just didn't call in. Uh, so I'm hoping that the writers get better with this, but it's really coming down to A&E, or AEW, I'm sorry, uh, it has really taken on the old school, uh, way. They may not be doing it perfect, but they're, they're, they've got that genre. They've got that down. And they're going with that where my favorite WWE man, they're just taking the comical road and letting some great careers go to waste. Uh, anyway, all right, guys, uh, we're digging out from under ice here. So, uh, spay and neuter. Uh, to everybody else on the other shows, I uh, would love listening to you. And uh, Matt, I hope you're getting some sleep, brother. And y'all have a great one. I'm out. Hey, Mark. Yeah, we're digging out under ice, too. I mean, uh, I'm still digging out. And I don't mean like I can't get out of my house. I just mean there's like a, a sheet of concrete sleet, like a two-inch thick sleet just layer on my dri- driveway. But it's going to be 45 to 50 over the next few days, so it should come come out. But I've never seen that in my life. So hopefully you're you're also uh, able to uh, to uh, get get all that ice off of your property. Now, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could. I'll join you in that class action lawsuit. Uh, can I can I co-sign on that? To me, it was a complete, uh, just utter disaster. Well, I shouldn't say that. I would say it was it was just plain bad. I've seen way worse. Want an example? This is your life, Bailey. Really, really bad a number of years ago. Um, there's been some really bad stuff. This was just plain bad. It was a waste of 20 minutes of my time, your time, and those that wanted wrestling in your lives. And also the fact that it's a road to WrestleMania show. We're fully on the road to WrestleMania and you give us a 20 minute pretend game show. What? Yeah, I'm with you. Just a total uh, unmitigated, uh, frustrating segment to open the show, given especially if Randy and Riddle there. Um, you know, now Chad Gable, I think has merit. Chad Gable has some fun, uh, some fun spots there, but absolutely, um, yeah, not not the way I would start Raw. But I also don't want, oh, well, you got to start Raw with the 20-minute promo that leads to a main event match. That formula is completely you know, overused. I get that. But start with a wrestling match. How about that? There's there's something for you. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Thanks, Mark. And uh, thank you, as always, for your spay and neuter recommendation. So hope all's well. And let's continue on. A couple more, and we will be done. And you actually, not a couple more. This is the final one. Two voicemails from our closer, Justin from Maryland. Let's do it. Hey, man, it's Justin from Maryland. Just wanted to get my thoughts on a couple of topics coming up. Um, so first, I wanted to talk about the women's chamber. So um, you didn't talk about this on your Raw review, but there is going to be a mystery six entrant. So... I think that could probably be either Bailey or Oscar. I feel like whoever's that mystery intern will probably win. Um, we've seen uh, Belair and Lynch and Liv, so 
I think they're probably going to go with someone else for WrestleMania. Um, I know we thought that uh, Belair would probably go on the face Lynch, but I feel like Bailey or Oscar would probably be a better matchup. Um, so, yeah, that's all I had to say on that. Um, the men's chamber is definitely going to be a good match. Um, I'm kind of torn because I want Seth to win, but I feel like, you know, Bobby's going to win so they can have that title for title match. So, do you, well, I mean, you're not going to give a prediction, but do you think that it's best that Brock wins? Because if, let's say Lashley does win because somehow Roman screws him again. I feel like then definitely we're going to get probably Seth and Lashley at uh, Mania, then Seth's going to win. Um, but I feel like it can really only go two ways, either Brock wins or Lashley. So just hoping that, um, you know, somehow we get Seth to be champion. Um, I feel like Roman is probably going to squash Goldberg. I feel like he'll probably – Goldberg will probably get a couple of spears in, but – Eventually, Reigns is going to uh, put him down with the guillotine. Um, I'm not sure where Drew's going at Mania because there really aren't any top stars on SmackDown to challenge him. So he's stuck in this feud with Matt Cat Moss and Corbin. Hopefully, this doesn't go all the way to uh, Mania. Hopefully, you know, he just moves past them. And then I don't even know who, who he could face. It's only possible that someone from NXT comes up or he goes after the IC title, maybe if somehow Shinsuke wins and retains, then I don't know, Drew can go after the IC title because there's really no one on SmackDown he can really face right now. So, that will be interesting to see. Finally, um, I'm not sure where this KO and Rollins though is going. Um, they definitely have good chemistry, but I just feel like KO is going to turn on Rollins and then we're going to get a match, at least one more match. Because, I mean, I don't know where else it can go because um, we saw after KO got RKO, Seth was just walking away. You know, Hey, man, it's Justin from Maryland again. I was definitely trying to avoid the second voicemail, but I guess I, um, I went over the time. I had a lot of topics I haven't been on in a minute. So I was talking about KO and Seth. Um, definitely feels like that KO is going to turn on Seth at some point because, like I said, Seth was laughing after he got RKO at the end of the show. So, I mean, I know you said that you don't want to see it, but I feel like we can get one more good match. And I feel like since the roles would be reversed, KO is the heel. I feel like it would be kind of different as far as match quality in the store. So, I'm okay with it. I just hope that somehow the championship is involved. And, and uh, what happened to KO and Damian Priest, that feud? Because KO beat Damian Priest, so I assumed that KO was in line for a title shot. But then he they jumped AJ Styles. Now AJ Styles gets a title shot next week. So I'm kind of – I don't know. I'm hope. Part of me doesn't want to see Styles win because he's kind of above the U.S. title now. So I hope Damian Priest wins by DQ. You know, I feel like we're going to get a DQ finish. And then, yeah, so because I don't want to see AJ win the U.S. title. I want to see KO get that title because he beat Damian Priest clean. So, yeah. So, um, 
And one more thing, the Usos. Who do you think the Usos are going to face at WrestleMania? Because I don't see any um, any credible challenges right now. The only challenges I can see is Los Authorios, but they just lost to the New Day. So I feel like we're going to get um, another New Day and Usos match at WrestleMania. I feel like Usos are going to win. Um so I don't know when they plan on dropping those titles for them, because I feel like Roman's gonna retain that at Mania. So I think the Usos part retains to have the bloodline still looking strong. So I'm not sure who they can face at Mania, because um, I don't see them dropping the belts anytime soon. Because there aren't that many, you know, good tag teams who could who we can believe that could beat them. So yeah, WrestleMania definitely gonna interesting. Definitely looking to see where Seth is going to go, um, this type of title match and all this other stuff. So a lot of questions are going to be answered at Chamber. So, yeah, man, it's been a while. So definitely can't wait to hear your responses, and I'll talk to you next week. Ah, Things just feel right when you close the show, Justin. Things just fall into place. Okay, so as always, so many good points, and I'll, I'll pick out a few. Not not everything, but uh, Seth and Lashley at WrestleMania, I think, is a real possibility one on one. Again, the problem there is it's heel heel. And where does Kevin Owens land? You mentioned a heel turn on for Kevin. So if Kevin's turning heel on Seth, wouldn't that lend yourself to believe and everyone else that it's going to be Seth versus KO at WrestleMania with no title on the line and Bobby's involved in something else? <clears throat> so what I'm going to propose is something of a hybrid. I think it's going to be Lashley in a multi person match, including Kevin Owens, with the title on the line. Uh, but Lashley versus Seth versus KO and maybe a fourth person. That way you have integrating the storyline of Kevin and turning on Seth in this story with also both of them involved in a major title scenario at WrestleMania. That's what I think. I think it's going to be a triple threat with Kevin Owens already turned on Seth before then. So how about that? Drew in the IC title against Sammy. Yeah, it's weird that Drew's not going to be involved in a major title this year. At least that's how it looks right now. You know, maybe he comes to Raw, though, and it's Drew versus Bobby, right? I mean, they, they just brought Big E over to SmackDown. Why not bring Drew over to Raw for, with no explanation? I mean, they're all about not caring about, you know, the draft, the draft rules. So, yeah, I, I have no problem with that. Drew seems to be really taking some time off from the main event, which will make us want him more in the main event in a few months. So I, I just thought it was going to be a triple threat with Brock versus Drew versus Roman at WrestleMania. That's what I really thought. Um uh, who do I see the Usos facing at WrestleMania? I don't know. The New Day for the 158th time. Honestly, I could see this being two things. Either they don't have any opponents at WrestleMania and they're just part of being at ringside for Roman, or they have a kind of a tag team turmoil matchup on the pre-show for WrestleMania because I don't see any tag team that could be a formidable challenge to them. Nobody that's worth one-on-one. -on -one. So that's what I imagine for those two, which is sad. All right. Thank you, Justin. Thank you to everybody. Long, long, long voicemails uh, or long show when you split it into two parts. 40, 50 minutes for the first part and an hour and 40 minutes for the second part. So you guys put me to task every week, but it's a, it's a, it's a joy. It's fun. I love it. And uh, keep them coming. If you want to join us, I mean, even if it's your first time, you can call us at 518-952-0247 or you can email us at mailbox, mailbag at wwepodcast.com. So thank you to everybody. As always, consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It really helps us. Or go ad-free on Apple Podcasts. There's an ad-free button right on the Apple Podcast app, right on our page. Or you can go ad-free on Patreon. And soon coming, not yet, but soon, 
our website will have an ad-free subscription as well. Uh, and it also have video, exclusive video reviews on things. Um, that More information is coming on that. We're still working behind the scenes. It's going to be another few weeks before things are finalized there. But uh, that's coming. So thank you, everybody, as always. I'll be talking to you on uh, Sunday night for the weekend Review. Until then, everybody, take care, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.